Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! It is me, Dr. Fuck, from those two bands, and also with me is... Hello, Earth people. Yes, that's the crack of the beer. You know what that means. That means uh, our co-host is drunk again. But uh, when isn't he drunk? Uh, when I gotta go to work. No, I'm talking about when isn't he drunk when we do this show. Oh, always. always. Anyway, um, before we get into the news this week, there's a few things we'd like to talk about. And I would like Ian to talk about it. Uh, well, this is something I talk about all the time. Your mother. It's Mother's Day. Yeah, Mama Day. We gotta give respect to our mothers and uh, the, the mothers wow. we love, the mothers we have loved. Uh, so happy Mother's Day. That's right. And if you hate your mother, then you suck. Uh, true, true. Uh, we got some important news before we get to the news. A former fan of the week, a major fan of this show, Mike Tyler. Yeah. Is a brand new DJ. Friday nights at 1 a.m. on ThatMetalStation.com. Oh, and it's it's awesome, and I couldn't be more proud of Mike. Uh, I, I know he's going to do awesome at this, man. He's he's a great fucking friend, great metalhead, great fan of the show. And see, this is what happens when you listen to this podcast. Good shit happens. Like, you become That's right. a DJ on ThatMetalStation.com. How fucking cool is that? He became a DJ because he listens to our show. That's right. Before he listened to the show, he was living in a van down by the river, and now he's a DJ on the fucking interweb. How awesome is that? We make dreams come true. All right, everybody this week is talking about Slash. Slash went on CBS, and he's talking about how open he would be to a Guns N' Roses reunion. A lot of people are like, ooh, ooh, this could be it, this could be it. I'm saying people don't get too fucking excited too fucking fast. But uh, it's nice to hear. You never know what could happen because there's a lot of rumors going around uh, the GNR Mach 25 camp right now. Uh, say, a lot of people say Bumblefoot might be out. They don't have anything planned. And uh, this might be the quiet before the storm. But, uh, you know, in, in that world, who fucking knows, man? Axel owns, you know, the name and all that shit. And to get all five of them to agree and to agree to what, you know, he might be willing to give them. Who fucking knows, man? But I sure love it. I think rock and roll needs it. I think it'd be a if good you ask the me. Arm. There's if you ask me by saying the five have to agree is bullshit. Only two have to agree, and that's Axel and Izzy. The other three will jump right on it. Yeah, that's for sure. Those are the only two that are like, yeah. I mean, Izzy is because he's he Izzy just doesn't care. Izzy's like all about like I I do what I want to do and 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 fuck anybody. So he's like Mister Intent. Integrity, you know, oh, yeah, but not, in, not, but not integrity as he's wants to go out and, and do it for integrity. He's just his own person, you right. know. And I love but, that about him. Yeah, and Axel is, you know, he's, you know, he's kind of like a megalomaniac and everything. Slash, you would think Slash wouldn't, uh, you know, like he has been in many years, you know, like writing off Guns N' Roses. Uh, you know, he's like, look, man, let's move on. But now, you know, he's going through the divorce. He needs money. And it's funny how he's bringing it up now. Just like Sebastian Bach was like, ah, I don't care about Skid Row. Stop asking me, Skid Row. 
uh, questions, but then he got divorced, and all of a sudden he wants to do Skid Row. And um, I got to tell you, man, out of every band, I guess you can say Skid Row and Guns N' Roses are the two bands that just won't budge. It's not about the money for both of them, especially Skid Row, yeah. because at least fucking there's tons of money flowing in for Guns N' Roses. Mm. You know, even without everybody, he's still, come on, man, that guy still makes millions, and he can go out and still sell out places just being Axl Rose, you know, but Skid Row plays bowling alleys and stuff, and they could, like, uh, uh, Sebastian Bach recently said they got uh, offered half a million dollars yeah. to play two gigs at Sodosphere, Stratosphere, whatever it's called. Something like that. And they refused, and, you know, I mean, come on. That shows you that band is like, no way. No fucking way we're going to do it with Sebastian. So, I, anyway, so uh, what else? Um, All right. So, yeah, hopefully we get Guns N' Roses, but uh, don't hold no, the and, fucking breath. Yeah, and another thing, if Guns N' Roses does, do get back together, you know it's going to be a nostalgic tour because if they're going to make a new album, then it's we're not going to see a reunion until like, until like 2035, you know? Tell you the truth, I'd, I'd rather hear a new album than a, than a tour even, but... You know, tour would be more likely. But yeah, but no, tour, know. tour, yeah, it would have to definitely be a nostalgic thing, and I don't think Axel's down with that at all. Or is he actually? The other, the other three would do it. Oh yeah. All right. Well, something else cool that was announced this week is the new Kiss pinball machine. Uh, now, on the face of it, they do have a couple of uh, you know Catman and, and Spacemans that have Tommy and Eric's head on it. Man, I love pinball, and uh, I love the original Kiss Pinball. Man, that's, I mean, that's a dream. You know, I win the lottery. I'm getting me one of the old Kiss Pinball machines. But this one looks pretty fucking awesome, and uh, you can get one. There's three different versions you can get. Uh, of course, there always has to be a deluxe version. I think that's a little over 12 grand, and your basic one's around 6 or 8 grand, I believe. So, if uh, my birthday's Monday, tomorrow... You know, if anybody wants to get me something, kiss pinball machine. Don't matter what size. Happy birthday, Ian. Thank you. Not only my birthday, but it's also Ruben De La Rosa's birthday. That is true. We are born on the same day. That's why I love that guy. Yeah. I'm going to be hanging out with him. I want to let you guys know what I'm doing uh, Friday. This is really cool. Uh, Friday, me and Ruben De La Rosa are going to go watch this, like a super band type thing. Um... Do they have capes? No, it's Glenn Hughes. Check it out. Oh, Glenn Hughes. Uh, I've never seen Glenn Hughes, so that's the main reason I'm going. Also, uh, my all-time favorite singer, Robin Zander, is going to be there. Um, uh, Duff McKagan. Uh, Billy Gibbons. It's easy top. And Steve Stevens. All Holy of them shit. together playing a band and uh, on drums, Matt Sorum. So, yeah, I can't wait to see this. You know, it's going to be fucking a lot of fun. Me and Ruben are going to go. And uh, I got eighth row, dead center seats. I want to thank my friend David Lovett, who doesn't listen to our show, for that. And, um... Uh, fuck yeah. him. No, no, he got me eighth row, you know. Okay. But, you know, he isn't listening, so fuck him. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that in case you're listening. But if you're not listening, fuck him. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh... That's what me and Ruben are doing. We're going to see... I forgot the name of the band. <laughs> but check it out. Look it up. Maybe they're coming around your area, you know? Anything else in the news? Right on. 
Yeah, we have to uh, we have to mourn the passing of one Craig yes. Gruber. Yeah, from Elf and Rainbow. Gary and, Moore. You know, played with Gary Moore. Played a little bit with Sabbath for about. Yeah, he seconds. was uh, he was on my Facebook, man. It really surprised me because this is a guy that was very active on Facebook, like putting up pictures of you know bands he was involved in, and even you know just solo pictures of Ronnie and Gary, and he was very respectful to them. And he, yeah, he was in uh, Black Sabbath for a little bit when Geezer left, uh, when they were doing the Heaven and Hell album. So he was there basically when they wrote the whole album except for Neon Nights. That's the only song that Geezer was involved in as far as writing goes. So uh, word is that he is the guy that came up with all the bass lines, like that bass line you hear in Heaven and Hell, the song. That was Craig Gruber. I mean, that's, you know, what they say. So, But either way, man, the guy was cool as hell, man. And... Uh, and it's sad, man. It really uh, shocked me when I saw he died. I was like, wow. That, and I went on his Facebook, and, yeah, there was no sign of him talking about it. He just kept promoting, you know, his past. Sad. Yeah, so all due respect to Craig Gruber, man. Uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow is an all-time favorite album of mine. It is my favorite Rainbow album. Uh, man, it's just uh, all, all our heroes are getting older, man. That's That's a sad fact. You know, another another uh, sad fact is that Rainbow lineup never played a live show ever. True, very yeah. true. Uh, this kind of leads into something. Uh, JJ French mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago, and the story was brought up again. And he's really talking about how rock is not replenishing itself, and uh, he brings up a lot of great points. Uh, there's just no you know, for the better part, no new rock bands. Combat! Okay, well, I, I'm talking, well, other than you. Yeah, I know, look, 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 look. I, 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 uh, I'm very well aware that combat is going to be what we're going to be. It's all for the love of music, not fame. I mean, I'd take the fame, but it's not going to happen. I live in reality here. So, and it's also really, really hard to get your, I mean, I'm so proud of what Thrasher Dies achieved, and, you know, it's still... There's a lot of people out there that don't know Thrasher Die, but there's a, th a thou what is it? A uh, hundred seventy thousand people that are on our Facebook page, and that to me is like, whoa, man. So you know, I'm very, very honored. Where Combat has a thousand people, which I'm like, whoa, man. Even a thousand people is fucking amazing to me. Either way, yeah, we're not gonna be big rock stars, and we're not gonna take over the scene and everything like that. We're probably always gonna be a little club band opening for everybody but i'm fine with that man it's all for the love of music and plus i don't want to give up my city job there's just not a new influx of rock musicians and he says it's very odd that uh you know if you look at the age of all the rock bands that people go and see now you know he said when i was 16 17 seeing the stones and stuff like that they were in their mid-20s right he goes i was i was 17 and they were in their mid-20s he said none of us would go see somebody who was 60 years old or 50 years old. That was just unheard of. That was, he said, nothing could be more unhip. But because there's no new bands, you just, you have what you have now. And when that, and when these people are done, which, I mean, let's face it, 10 years from now, how many bands we love, excuse me, are going to be touring? Metal, metal right. lives in Europe. There's a lot of new young bands in Europe. A lot. 
uh, but they're only popular over there. And but you know at the same time, like when like what you were saying, like when all these you know the classic bands are gone, all these new bands. I don't know what's gonna happen. Even in Europe, it's like, are, is there still gonna be a whacking festival where Hammerfall is the headliner? I don't know, man. I don't think so. You know, it's like, I, cause there's, you know, the newer bands still don't have, and they've been around long enough. You know, like your Hammerfalls, Primal Fear, Gamma Ray, all these bands have been around since the '90s, which is like oh, over 20 years already, and they still haven't made that mark that the older bands did that did it in less than 20 years, you know what I mean? And yeah, you know, another thing is people our age, unfortunately, don't really care for new bands. It's just a way of life. I mean, there's exceptions, but there's a lot of new killer bands out there that I could mention that nobody would look into. You know, like Elm Street is a good one. They're old school metal that if they were around back in the day, more people would be interested in them. There's a lot of bands like that in Solitude who unfortunately just broke up. Um, and I can go down the list. There's many, many bands. I'm Dr. Living Dead's another one. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, there was a study I saw the other day that once you turn 33, you stop getting into newer music. But that's, you know, I guess I'm an exception. But at the same time, yeah, there's a lot of this newer death metal stuff I just can't get into. And I believe we did discuss this in our previous episode, so I won't get into all that. Any other news? Uh, yeah, uh, go back to some Sabbath-related news. Bill Ward, uh, came out and said that while he was recuperating in this last hospital stay, that he listened to Cornucopia every day to kind that's of, awesome. you know, revitalize. Yeah, that's awesome, because that's a song, you know, notoriously, uh, he had some bad history with, because while they were recording Volume 4, he could just not get this song right and that's something as a as a fan you probably have a hard time imagining because all you've ever heard is the amazing version on volume four but apparently it was a long road to get there and the band was getting pretty pissed at bill like what's your fucking problem you know why can't you get this but then when he did he did it you know amazingly (sighs) and uh man just uh you know a little behind the scenes info we have an upcoming episode that is uh, a Black Sabbath album that doesn't have Bill Ward. And as I was listening to the album, getting ready for the review, I was like, this drumming's not bad, but man, it is not Black Sabbath. You know, you know, and, and to me, it never truly really sounds like Black Sabbath without Bill Ward's very distinct style. My and this drummer we're talking about is one of the greatest drummers to ever live. Yeah, but, but but man, to hear it, you know, under the title Black Sabbath. It's not Black Sabbath. I don't think I don't yeah, think yeah. any version of Black Sabbath is Black Sabbath without the original four. Yes, I feel Heaven and Hell is perfect and Mob Rules and Born Again. I basically love all their albums. Except for thirteen and you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Forbidden, but it has its moments. But none of it to me it has that you know, it's just a different band to me. Black Sabbath is the original four, and everything afterwards is... I, I don't know. To me, it doesn't sound like Black Sabbath. It's great, but it's not Black Sabbath to me. I, I, I agree. I agree. And uh, But, man, it just made me... I don't know if I can respect his drumming anymore, but it just made me appreciate it just a little bit. Like, wow, you just... 
I mean, you have that Tony Iommi sound, but man, you need that Bill Ward sound. Yeah, and Geezer and Ozzy's voice. You need all four. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You take one of the four out, and it's just not good. And then, you know, everybody knows about this, you know, war going back and forth between Ozzy and fucking Bill right now. And this is some pretty sad, sickening news that I I hate to tell the fans. But uh, apparently... They are going to go back and re-record all the drums that Bill Ward did on the Black Sabbath albums. Uh, Sharon said, we, we got to do this, and they're going to get uh, Tommy Clitoris or whoever the drummer is for, for Sabbath now. He's going to go back and re-record all of Bill Ward's parts, and I think that's just... Oh, man, thank God you're joking. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. You think I'm joking, just Yeah, wait. yeah. If that, if, look, look if that does happen, I am going to get in a Greyhound. I personally go to New Orleans and smack the shit out of you. Why me? Because you're, you're, hey man, I'm into like, you know, uh, destroying the messenger. Oh, 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 oh. I'm, I'm <laughs> fucking uh, All right. Uh, another story that, uh, this is an old story, but it, it crept up again this week and uh, people are really freaking out about it. Uh, Eric Singer, the current cat man. Mm-hmm came out and said uh, that he thinks Ace and uh, Peter need to stop being hypocrites about uh, them wearing the makeup because at both times, <laughs> both of those were in a band with a replacement member wearing somebody else's makeup, right. and they didn't say anything. And as, as much as I love to bash Scab Kiss, I agree with Eric Singer 1,000 I agree with him 50%. You know, you know why? Because he's right when it comes to Peter Chris, but Ace Freely doesn't really bitch about it. Ace Freely, no, uh, no. Ace Freely, whenever Ace Freely bitches about something, it's more of a retaliation. He doesn't just come out in interviews and start bashing Gene and Paul. It, and you know, another thing is that, um, you know, the, the whole, the whole, the fact of the matter is, is that Eric Singer can come out and say this about Peter and and Ace, but it makes him look to me like more of a bitch and i hope you're listening eric it'd be so awesome if somebody knows eric singer so he can say if you're not a bitch then why don't you talk about the hypocrisy that is paul stanley the one that said on the farewell tour interviews that they wanted to bow out because they wanted to go out on top they didn't want to overstay their welcome well now paul stanley's voice is shot and they're still going who's a hypocrite there why won't you mention paul stanley you know why because you're a bitch you should you shouldn't be a cat. You should be a dog, a female dog, a bitch. That's what I think. Well, well, well. Here's here's something Eric Singer has said that I have respect for too. Uh, you know, uh, Gene and Paul always love to say like there can be a version of Kiss without them. Right. Eric Singer did go on record and say I have no interest in a version of Kiss without Gene or Paul. Well, he's he's in a band without Paul. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm just saying he's got some honesty there, and I think I think Eric Singer's a great. Oh player. man, look, you know, I, let's I, stop I, the bullshit, dude. Fact of the matter is, there's never gonna be a kiss without Paul and Gene. It's just not gonna happen. The only no, I I, the, I agree, but what I like is Singer said he had. No yeah, he's saying that said. because he knows there's not gonna be one. Let me tell you something. Right. If well, Tommy Thayer's keeping hope. Yeah, this. of course, man. What else? That yeah, because he doesn't want to get anybody's food anymore. The, 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 the fact of the matter is, the only reason that Gene and Paul keep talking about this KISS, what is it, KISS 2, Port 2.0 or whatever the fuck, the, the, it's to justify having Eric and Tommy in, in that makeup. 
Okay, they never discussed this when when uh, Peter and Ace were. Isn't that funny? When Ace and Peter were in the band, they never discussed this. But all of a sudden, when they had these two scabs, well, a lot of people like bash them for it. They say, well, you know, we're gonna go on without me and Gene too. It's not about the individual. Yes, it is, because Paul, you would have been out already. You know you're destroying your voice. Come on, everybody that listens, I don't care how much of a fanboy you are, you cannot tell me. That voice sounds like shit, even like the Farewell Tour voice, you know? Paul's voice is shot, and by his own admission, he should have quit right when it started fucking flaking on him. And, you know, he's he's the first one to bash, like, Peter for his ability, Ace for his ability. Well, how about you now? You suck! You're horrible! Did you see that recent footage of him doing Love Gun in Argentina or something? It was so dreadfully painful that, that, well, that Gene Simmons actually sang some of the songs. That's never happened before. Come on. No, I, I, I agree, but, but what I want to say, I think we're, we're really getting off topic of what I was trying to bring up here. What he was saying is these guys to stop bitching about replacement members and the makeup. And the point being is Peter Chris was in the band with Tommy Thayer dressed up as yeah. Ace and, di- and didn't say shit. As I said, I agree. Didn't have, di- didn't have no problems. Ace was in the band with Eric Singer dressed up as And he Peter still Chris. brings up how he loved it. Yeah, because he can play drums. Yeah, but Peter doesn't say. Peter Chris cannot play drums and also, anymore. He can yeah, still sing, but but that that fucker hasn't been able to play drums since goddamn 1970 fucking seven. No, I mean, no, actually, uh, in his defense, I'm on that '95 tour with Ace, and he played fine. It was like right when the the reunion happened, he got all that fucked up shit with his arms. But he wasn't bad. He actually played decent. I mean, yeah, it wasn't, you know, Kiss Alive, Peter. But it, it, out, of, out of all the it members, was, though, it I mean, okay, I, Yeah, out of all the members, I'd say Peter Chris's drumming today is equal to Paul's voice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree. But that we're not talking about Paul. We're yeah. talking about the old guys complaining about new guys. No, why do you say guys? Stuff. It's only one guy. Ace is not complaining about it. No, 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 no. No, Ace... Ace well, he better not. He, but he will say, "I'm the, I'm the spaceman." Yes. Man. You know, he is the spaceman. But you know what? The only reason they can put Tommy Thayer in that makeup is because Ace fucking rents it to him for the fucking money. Yeah, but either way, he's still not bitching, man. He's still not bitching. Look, and also let's 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 oversee the hypocrisy of of Peter Chris because I'm not going to say Ace. The fact of the matter is, it's wrong. Okay, it's wrong. No, I don't I care. I, I don't care if wrong. Peter Chris bitches about it and he's being a hypocrite. To me, it's fucking wrong. There's only one cat man, and that's Peter Chris, not Eric Singer, Paul's little bitch that refuses to say anything bad about Paul. And I think it is part of this discussion. If we're going to talk about this, we might as well bring up the fact that Eric Singer does not bring up Paul Stanley, which is just as fucking horrible as what Peter Chris has been saying. I hope Paul Stanley listens to this, that asshole, so I can hear, so then one day they can say to him, hey Paul, what do you think of uh, Dr. Fuck with their rocket metal combat <laughs> podcast so he can like skate around it and call us Wayne's World and shit like that. Fuck him. He would, 
He would say, you're fans of somebody, but it's yeah, not. Well, you know, uh, he, he has the right to say what he wants, but, but the fact of the matter is is that we're Kith, and we, we live by our own rules. Some people like steak, some people like cheese. <laughs> yeah, he has to always like, oh, he has to bring it. You know, you know some, some people are the ham, I'm the whole damn pig. You know, it's like, it's not just the frosting, it's the cake. <laughs> anyway, I, I just, I just want to do my one little impression of uh, Tom Snyder <laughs> talking about Paul Stanley to his face. Yeah, it's not a lot of times you see people on a horse going, Hi, I fight crime. Remember that? <laughs> That's one of the... Everybody talks about Ace Freely on that show. I think that was the greatest line, along with I'm a plumber. Where, where <laughs> he just basically says, Hey, Paul, you're gay, right? <laughs> Hi, I fight crime. I, I'm going to get that clip and just <laughs> roll with it, you know, on YouTube. Anyway, that's it. Is that it with the news? Yeah, man, let's talk about a band that never lost their integrity, even though they lost their, their incredible front man. Yeah. All right, this week we're going to review what I consider, and I'm not not a lot of people talk about when it comes to the classic Bon Scott ACDC era. What? Well, everybody brings up Power Age and Let There Be Rock and uh, Highway to Hell. Those are the three, like, you know, most people's favorites. And, hey, mine's Power Age. But, you know, I mean, Highway to Hell and Let There Be Rock is right there with it. But, you know, you can't forget High Voltage. And I mean, if we want to talk, and if you don't mind, I would like to talk about the Australian edition. Do you have the Australian one like this? Uh, well, I know of it. I don't I don't own it. Well, it has tracks. I don't know if you know. Right, I, I have those tracks. Okay, okay. I want to talk about the Australian version, and then we'll add, tack on the versions that are on the American version that we all know. So let's be let's be like very uh, pure when it comes to this. Let's review Dirty Deeds Done Cheap as it was originally released, and then we'll go into the songs. Of All that. right, hold, hold on, I'm a little drunk. So okay, we're gonna do Australian then American. Well, just we're just gonna add the songs. It's only I believe it's only two songs on the American right. version that is not on the Australian. version. All right, all right. Well, tell the good people what we're talking about to begin with. No, I just said Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. The ACDC Australia. I have a box set that brings all the ACDC CDs from Australia. And I also have a vinyl box set, which has a a real strange version of Power Age that I should have, I I don't know a lot of people, if a lot of people have heard this. It's like different versions of the songs where, like, uh... What's the name of that last song? Kicked in the Teeth has no guitar solo. And, um, like, uh, there's a song on there, Cold Hearted Man, that wasn't on the album. I mean, later came out on one of those, I think it was either Bonfire or that uh, backtrack. Backtrack. Yeah. One I, I actually have a, uh eight-track box set, but I, I have no idea what it sounds like because my eight-track player is good. True story. Box set, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Anyway, so, uh, yes, we are going to talk about, and again, you know, I mean, there's no bad ACDC with Bon Scott. You think about it. I mean, every album, it was fucking amazing, you know, and... Uh, there's no bad ACDC, period. What are you talking about? You didn't like Rock or Bust. 
yeah, it's bad, but it's not bad, you know? Well, I tend to agree. There's some, I mean, there's some ACDC I can't listen to. Like Razor's Edge, I can't listen to that album. But, uh, you know, and Slip Upper Lip, Stiff Upper Lip, and what is it, Black Ice? I mean, they have its moments, but, you know. Yeah, but it's still better than most shit. It's just, it, you're disappointed because it's ACDC. It's just like when I want to put on ACDC, you know, without Bond, I always go to the first three, and I like uh, the last one a lot. And Fly on the Wall's not bad. Has its moments, and you know, even Blow Up Your Video has like three good songs on it. Oh, I love Blow Up Your Video. <clears throat> but for me, the pinnacle of ACDC was the Bon Scott era. This is when. Hell the, yeah! They were, you know, like, man, every time like a band changes, even ACDC who doesn't change, you can tell there's a change though from Back in Black to the earlier stuff. You know? Look, look, look at this. This is my original CD that I bought. Uh, in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, it, it's broke. Like, if I open it, it, it does this. <laughs> oh, you mean, like, you mean like this? Yeah. <laughs> Mine's you the, same. the same. One. It's all fucking scuffed and shit. God damn it, I love it. But that's because I played it so goddamn much. It was in my car. It was in my house. Yeah, you know, if you don't have carpet, jewel cases break. <laughs> that's just the yeah. way it is. That, we it. all drop CDs, you know. <laughs> but you see, oh. my Australian version's intact because it's actually part of a box set. But well, look, oh. the, the CD just fell out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's got the flimsiest little like tray on it. That's a change. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, Dirty Deeds done their cheap. Now, first time I heard this was. Uh, like 81 when it was finally released in the US but the US version where the original version is a cartoon of Bon Scott next to a pool table with Angus Young a horrible cover I think that's a terrible cover yeah it's weird but it's still like I mean since it's rare I dig it and he's got like the, the parrot tattoo and it says Dirty Deeds under yeah it lo- looks like Popeye with bad teeth it's horrible but the ACDC American version is like Dude, even back then when it came out, I was like, what the hell? This is total new wave. That's what it is. That This album cover, it didn't say ACDC. I think it was Devo or something. I know? love it, though. I love this album cover. I, you know, it, I mean, in looking at it, it's like, no, it's not a bad album cover, but it's not an ACDC album cover. I'm sorry. This doesn't... That's, that's what I love about it, though. Like, like, look at the guy all the way to the left. That guy with the suit? Yeah, he looks like the guy uh, from the owner of a Lonely Heart video, the guy that jumps off the fucking building and shit. He looks like the guy. He looks like the guy in Beverly Hills Cop that that uh, Eddie Murphy throws on top of the, the, the diner tray. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, we're not gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Who oh, later? But, who later became Mike on Breaking Bad? But yeah, yeah. He looks totally he, different now. And he was a bad guy in Rambo Three, I think, too. Uh, but, but, you know, you got the biker dude, you, you got, you got the gay dude in leather with his eyes blacked out, you got the grandma, you got the boy next door, you got, everybody's got their eyes blacked out except the dog. Except the, the dog, dog doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah, the dog's like, I'll buy trash and try to put that in. But I love that it's in front of, like, a trashy fucking, uh, hotel that, that looks to be in either Florida or California because of the palm trees. 
Uh, and, but the ACDC logo is pink and it's different. I don't know. It just This to me is a classic fucking album cover. I love it. Whoever did this, I think it's absolutely great. Are you Has, aware? Because I'm not aware. Are you aware if this album cover existed before the American version? Or was this just for 81? I have no idea. Because I, 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 no I, I don't think this was... Uh, uh, released as like this till well, well, the popularity well, of Back in Black. Right. Well, here's the thing. There was the the original Australian version released, and then a year later it was released internationally, except for America. Wow. And I don't and I don't know what cover that had. How about the track listing? The same? Uh, I believe. Uh, oh fuck! I have. Um, hold on. Let me look at this. I got it. Uh, the international track listing is the same as the American one, but I do not know about the cover. Right. But uh, but yeah, uh, the original track listing that you want to talk about the Australian version, yeah, that was strictly Australian. Everywhere else, it was the same version that we got here in the colonies in '81. But as far as cover, I do not know. Well, again, this is the first time I heard this. Uh was after the the mega explosion of Back in Black, which, by the way, Back in Black was not a big seller when it first came out. It was a slow grower, actually. Um, like Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. I think it took, like, six or seven months for for I, uh, You Shook Me All Night Long to take that album over the top. But with the popularity... But, but now, but now, it's the number three selling album all time in America. That's number amazing. Three. So, number three. Thriller and the Eagles are above it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, back back in black in the U.S. alone. I know we have listeners all over the globe, but here in the U.S., it has sold 22 million copies. That is so amazing. And, you know, it's one of those rare exceptions where it's like it deserves to be up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an album that it, it, you would not likely sell that much. You know, because it's a it's a raw rock band, and look how and, and it and it sold more than you know acts that are more you know like Beyonce and garbage like yeah. that. You know, the Beatles don't have an album that sold twenty two million copies. That's Think amazing. about it that way. That is that Think is about mi- it that way. It's mind blowing. It, it is. But but here's the thing about ACDC. Uh, ACDC transcends genres and music it transcends uh you know race everybody loves acdc i mean you put on an acdc song there's fucking you know rednecks that love it you know hard rockers that love it you know just casual pop music fans hear shit off of back and black oh i know that song i love it then you got kids that that, that know it just from fucking iron man for christ's sake you know i mean i mean it just it's and it does. It deserve, It's not my favorite album by any means, Back in Black, but uh, it's it's an amazing band, amazing album. But we're not here to talk about that. But, uh, I just like to say it is my favorite ACDC album with Brian Johnson. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's my second favorite Brian Johnson. But uh, yeah, we're talking about Dirty Deeds now. As I said, it was released in '81. I remember when it came out and. Back then, the, he- the the radio heavily played uh, the title track a lot. Yes, 
yes. a lot. And it still it still played on classic rock. But yes. it was on heavy rotation back then. And 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 I couldn't have been happier because, you know, it's just to remind people, hey, this band had a different singer, you know? And it's you know, and it's it's eerie because Bon Scott, you know, even on this album there's a song that touches on it. And uh, the song, uh, It's a Long Way to the Top, <clears throat> which is, per- it really does, I mean, perfectly describe what it's like to be in a rock band. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, Bon Scott said, you know, they were going to headline Madison Square Garden one day. And he was right. Unfortunately, he wasn't around to see that day. But even after he died, ACDC releases an album with him that nobody in America's heard, except like, you know, people in imports and stuff, but I know I haven't heard it. That becomes a huge hit. Who, who the hell's done that? Died and a year later has a hit, you know? With, with, with something new. I mean, new to us. It it, it, it just blows my mind how, how incredible that is. And, and I'm sure uh, Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap. Must have went platinum. How, how, how well did it sound? Very interesting fact right here. Uh, in the U.S. Yeah. This is the third highest selling ACDC album. What? What? Yes. After, Highway to, after Highway to Hell? The, the, the highest selling album, of course, is Back in Black with 22 million. Uh-huh. Uh, behind the, the second best selling ACDC album... Is Highway to Hell. Yeah, I figured it would have been that. With seven, maybe. Seven. What a big drop-off. Goes from 22 to seven. Still good, but, good at numbers, yeah. But right behind it at six million? Think about that, Just people. With what record sell today? With six million U.S. sales, and it also went six times platinum in their home, Australia, is Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. It is the third best-selling ACDs album of all time. I am, I am completely in... In awe of that because I would have and, fi- and I'm happy about it. I would have figured Let There Be Rock and High Voltage sold more with the strength oh, no, of no, 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 with the strength of TNT and whole lot of Rosie. But no. That's all and, and you know what? I'm I'm happy to hear that. Even though I would put those albums and Power Age above it, but this album is so good. And for unreleased material, with the exception of one song on the American version. But um what do you say we get into it? Let's do this, motherfucker. Okay, right. so so we're doing the, the Australian version. Yes. Okay, here we go. Uh, and I, and if you need help, you want me to start each song? So. Oh no 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 no! Oh, I, you, I, you I got, got it? I got it here. Okay, good okay. good good. All right, uh, we're starting off with the sleazy, fucked up, dirty deeds done dirt cheap title track, which is total fucking uh, classic Bon Scott. Uh, his naughty fucking lyrics about. You know, sneaking into a chick's house or just telling chicks to give him a call. He wants to fuck chicks. It's just a let. Let me fuck you. I isn't there like an innuendo of him fucking somebody's wife in this song? If you're if you got a woman and you want her gone, no, no, no. It's he's 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 lecturing you how to dump your. No, no, no. He he says if you want to fuck Ralph's dad's wife, but you ain't got the guts. Now who doesn't have the guts? You're gutless, bro, and you do it. I know, right? But, uh... And I gotta add, the Australian version's longer. It, yes. uh... It, and, and, and better. I love how it... 
expands the dirty deeds and the, 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 the cheap. And then yes. like it keeps going, it keeps going and Yes, the the uh, the American version is three minutes and forty six seconds. The Australian version is four minutes and thirteen seconds. And and like the the part they cut out in the American is criminal. That shit's so cool. I don't know why they would cut that part because that part rules. That I when I hear it now on the radio, it's like, you know, it's like wow, man, I'm so used to the Australian version because that's all I listen to now. I don't listen to the American version anymore. But even cut, it's still a great song. I love Dirty Deeds. Let me look at the track listing here. I would have to say it's probably my favorite tune off the album. What do you think, Ian? Uh, I absolutely love it. This is the first ACDC song I remember hearing. Uh, ever. And I distinctly remember hearing this. Uh, for all my friends back in Illinois where I grew up, uh, I was dry. It was... Uh, I was in second grade. I was going to Hersher grade school. And this was on uh, the biggest station in Chicago, which was WLLS. And I remember hearing this song. I'm like, wow. That was really, really neat. And, and, and I listened to nothing like this. You know, because my mother would always drive me to school. And she was very much of the Hall and Oates, you know, like air supply. You know, like 70s type shit. But this came on the radio. And I was just like, wow, what is that? It was so neat, so fucking awesome. Uh, and this was the first uh, Bon Scott era CD that I bought. You know, when I got older, when I really got into, uh, excuse me, when I got into ACDC, this was the first one that I bought. Absolutely love it. Should be played at every fucking ACDC show. Absolutely incredible. And then it goes into one that's just as fucking good. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. We're doing the fucking uh, the Australian version. Yes. The Australian version. We're going to go into... Oh, my God. See, I have to adjust my notes now. Uh, the Australian version goes into the longest song that ACDC ever recorded. And, and one of their all-time fucking classics. And that's... Ain't no fun. Hashtag waiting around to be a millionaire. Oh my god! Uh, you've quoted these lyrics, uh, you know, tons of times. It, it, it's so great. He was the best, like shit house poet. Uh, you know, just great, poignant lyrics, but for the common man. Uh, you know, it wasn't like you know, too over somebody's head. He was just talking to blue collar people. Uh, absolutely amazing you know I have patches on my patches you always talk about that and what a great line what a great fucking line uh, I absolutely love this song I adore it it's uh man this would be one like I mean even though it drips a bond but all of bond shit drips a bond but how awesome would it be to go see ACDC and they pull this motherfucker out? now what would be nice I love it. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, yeah. The whole... The, the thing that was really special, not only the lyrics, but at the time, back in 1981, the part where he goes, Hello, Howard, back to our neighbor. Take your <laughs> fucking jumbo jet out of my airport. <laughs> Just hearing fucking. was fucking awesome. <laughs> you know? A bad word. Like, oh, man, how cool is that? And that's when the band is like... It could be shorter. Um, 
the quarter's near the end. It's like, okay, you know, ain't no fun. Still cool. I don't mind it. I mean, if I'm going to complain, if any complaint I have on this album, it goes on a little too long. I don't know why that is. But yeah, the lyrics are pretty much Bond recreating It's a Long Way to the Top, if you want to rock and roll. It's another way of him doing it. A little more personal. Talking about his mom and, you know, and just like, you know, just busting his ass and he's got holes in his shoes and holding his teeth. He can't get yeah, I love that. Can't get I love that. And that was the truth. He did have holes in his teeth. Punch up J- ACDC j- uh, jailbreak video. Look at his, yeah. look at those holes in his teeth and all his glory, you know. And Angus, by the way, he, that guy even was more toothless <laughs> than, than fucking Bond. So, um, yeah, and yes, let me recite these lyrics one more time for anybody that missed it. And if you didn't miss it, fuck it, you need to hear this again because it's so genius how this guy wrote. Beautiful, lyrics. beautiful. It's like not only just, it's not like you know your typical line with rhymes. He does this intertwining thing. That's so genius that I've never heard anybody ever do. And if, you know, you, you say shithouse uh, poet, I'll take the shithouse over anything. Uh, no, I, I, no I, I, I agree. It speaks to the common man, but it's poetic at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck artistic Annie Warhol motherfuckers. Bon Scott's the shit right there. I don't need your little fancy abstract bullshit. I want it straight to the fucking point. And Bon Scott did it with a line like, I got patches on my patches on my old blue jeans. Well, they used to be new when they used to be blue. When they used to be clean. Come on, dude. How cool is that? It's just I, It just tells you how dirty he is and the life he lived. Yeah, because... And, and, and it's yeah. amazing. And you think about it. If you look into the Bon Scott's life, man, go on YouTube... You can see Bon Scott in a pop band when he was young called the Valentines. He was in another band called Fraternity, which was like a hippie band where he played flute. Oh, and he was a limo driver. He was a limo, limo driver. Yeah, he was a limo driver. He almost died in a, a, a motorcycle accident. He punched out a cop and went to jail. That's where he got the inspirations to the lyrics, Jailbreak. And this guy died at 32, you know? And he was the old man of the band, but... 32, and he lived the life of an 80-year-old, you know? The guy was just beyond... To me, he was the coolest rock star to ever, ever grace this planet, man. Because that guy was so real. He was just a real fucking deal, you know? That I, every time I write lyrics, I think of Bon Scott. And every time I'm done with lyrics, even if I'm very proud of lyrics that I've written, they're still not the pimple on the ass of Bon Scott. Because that guy... He's just magic, man. And it's all over this song. Uh, Ain't no fun waiting around to be a millionaire. And then we go into the next track, which is Problem Child. Which whoa, was, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Well, that's my version right here, dude. I have the original. Right here. You see it? Yeah. No, well, mine, the Australian uh, uh, track lesson says they're doing. No, you see, you fucked up. There's going to be some rocking. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Yeah, I knew I was right, motherfucker. Okay, okay, okay. You got me there. There's going to be some rocking. Look, uh, look, right, look right here on D's. D's nuts? D's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, <laughs> you, don't, you don't whistle during these. I got to teach you how to do the whistle thing. All right. That was on another episode. <laughs> anyway, um, 
There's gonna be some rock. Oh man, this song is fun as fuck, man. I love this song. It's it's got all the elements of what they love. Chuck Berry, Little Richard, and putting that little like you know, hey look, we're gonna do Chuck Berry better than Chuck Berry. That's what this song is, and it's it's fun. The lyrics are fun. It's just it's this is rock and roll at its purest. No preservatives. This is like this is why ACDC is the phenomenon it is because they are the most purest rock band ever and this song you can't get more pure than this this is pure and I love there's going to be some rocking what do you think of this song ah oh, man there's not much more I can add to what you said unfortunately this is to me it's a great fucking just drinking song it's like all ACDC especially with Bon Scott is um, you know, and when I say shit like that, I'm not taking anything away from Brian Johnson. I absolutely love Brian Johnson. Duh. Incredible. But, goddamn, Bon Scott. Amazing. Um, and the funny thing is, everybody who listens to the show knows there's somebody I hate so much in life. And, and, and we're not talking about Terrence. We're talking about Sammy Hagar. But I will only say two things nice about Sammy Hagar. He likes to smoke weed and drink alcohol. And he said the greatest singer of all time is Bon Scott. Oh, I'll I give got, him that. I'll give him that. And, There's and actually I, a picture of Sammy with Bon. Have you seen that? No, I never saw it's, it. It's like backstage. They're just shaking hands. It's kind of like a far picture. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah I saw, recently and, I saw that picture. And, and I'll have to give him that. He was absolutely right on that. Is, uh, oh my God, the voice of Bon Scott. Uh, the lyrics of Bon Scott. Everything about Bon Scott drips rock and roll. And like you mentioned, Chuck Berry and Little Richard. And, and what I love about ACDC is the simplicity uh, of their music. It is, is just like Little Richard uh, and Chuck Berry. It's so pure and so perfect and what rock and roll should be. Okay, I like a couple of fucking Emerson, Lake and Palmer songs, but that's not rock and roll. Rock and roll is fucking Motorhead. Little Richard, Chuck Berry, ACDC, you know, Early Kiss. That's a rock and roll. And, and, and everything about that is in this song. Is it the best ACDC song ever? No, but it encompasses everything that is great about rock and roll in this song. I love this song. And, and it's a great song to get you through the album. You know? It is. I mean, I remember vividly in the 80s at a party, this guy that ran the party had a fucking hard on for this song. And when this song, I mean, we're listening to the album, and then when this song came on, he cranked it so fucking loud that we couldn't even talk. We you couldn't hear each other, and dude, we were pounding the beers, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, man!" I mean, that's when I realized I always liked the song, but that's when I realized just how special that song was, because it is—it's—it's it's pretty much a song like we're going to the show, and that show is gonna fucking rock, and the reason why it's gonna fucking rock is because ACDC is on stage, you know? That's to me the epitome of great rock and roll. And hard rock, and in some ways, heavy metal, you know? Uh, 
Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right. I, 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 okay. Uh, next one. I I I gotta admit, uh, you're really throwing me for a loop here because I'm just I'm so used to the American version, so the fucking uh, the track listing here is fucking me up. But by the uh, Australian version, we are going into Problem Child. Oh my fucking god, do I love this song? Holy shit! One of the greatest ACDC songs of all time. And I hope he's listening to my best friend throughout childhood, Lars Jensen. We had the gayest fucking dance we would do to fucking Problem Child. Like, like when the breakdown happens, you know, when it's like the maracas and shit. We had this little thing we did. And it was just me and him. And nobody else got it. But, it, you know, we were, we were brothers in fucking metal. And it was like our thing. And we did it at his wedding. And we still do it every time I go back home to Illinois and we hang out. We play fucking Problem Child. And when that part comes out, we do that fucking same stupid fucking dance we did at fucking 14. And I absolutely love this fucking song. Oh my god. One of my all-time favorite ACDC classics. What you got to add to Problem Child, brother? Uh, When Bon Scott wrote this, he wrote it about Angus Young. But I, I listen to this song, it's like, to me, it's about Bon Scott, you know? Because uh, Angus Young, yeah, he, he, you know, he's a little, he does his little tantrums on stage, and I worship Angus Young. I worship every single member. Mark Evans, Cliff Williams, don't matter. Anybody that played with Bon Scott. Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but that here, here's something we need to mention to people. This is Mark Evans on bass. Yes, it's not Cliff Williams. The, this isn't Cliff Williams, so I love Cliff Williams to death. To me, he is the bass player for ACDC. I agree with you. But Mark Evans does an incredible job on this album. Yeah. On every song, Mark Evans does an incredible job. He does it on every album. Let there be rock, uh, Power Age. I mean, um, Power Age. Uh, High Voltage, TNT. He was great on all those albums. Right. But, um... Uh, problem child, yes, and you know it's so fucking simple. And it just goes on and on, and yet it doesn't get boring. It's like it's just fucking. It flows and flows, and my all. I mean, I love everything about the song, but the, my favorite part of the song lasts for one second. It's the part of the song where it goes, "I'm a problem child." Hey, that little A that Bon Scott does, it epitomizes a snotty motherfucker. Hey, like in my in my notes is the little Bon Scott thing he throws is like, even my mother hates. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's <laughs> another. I love yeah, that. That's cool I love too. That. That's cool too. But that little A when he goes, hey, <laughs> it's just you can just like you know, it's a, it's a guy that's about to kick your ass for no reason. You know, I'm a problem child. Like, he goes up to a guy, hey, I'm a problem child, hey, and smacks him, you know? I just love that, and that, to me, is another a, a little tiny... I know Bon Scott, when he said that A in the studio, I know what he was thinking. He's like, I'm going to show you what a problem child I am in one fucking millisecond, and it, he achieves it, and I love that part so much, and yeah, and my mother hates me. Of course, that's like, that's like even like, all right, hey, 
you know, maybe you didn't get the A, but you'll get this part. My mother hates me. <laughs> yeah, even you my know? mother hates me. I love that. You know, because my, my mother comes on the fucking uh, Facebook page all the time, and she hates me. I love it. I appreciate that. She yeah, loves you, but she hates me. And the little opposite lyrics, like you say <laughs> up, I say down. You say straight, I say round. You know, I'm a bad boy boogie all over town. God damn, Bon Scott rules, man. Amazing. Fuck everybody else, man. This guy was the best lyricist. Bob Dylan can kiss my fucking sweaty Cuban ass. And I and I and believe me, I'm not a fan of Bob Dylan. I hate his voice, but I think that guy's a genius lyricist too. Yeah. But oh, I love Bob Dylan. But you, not Dylan not fan. not better than Bond. Nobody. But, no, nobody. I, I, I I love Bond because Bond speaks to you at a. Uh, like on your level, like on a level anybody can understand, he doesn't talk down to you. Right. you know, he he just speaks to you on, on on a street level, on a guttural level. Like, yeah, he's we, not he's not like all oh, the times are changing. No, he's like it's time to fuck some whores and drink some Jack Daniels. Right, right, but 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 he, the thing with Bond is Bond can say some insightful shit too. But but say it simplistically, and that's that's yeah, what like I like uh, love down payment blues is a good example. Exactly, exactly. But and, and no no no, but I, you know I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna touch on something else that's not on this album. One of his greatest lyrics too, and it really speaks to me, dude. This is the best song to listen to if you want to get over a chick. Fucking kicked in the teeth. That's all I gotta say. Great. We'll do power. We must. Review Power Age in the future and stay tuned because when we do, I will get more debt about kicked in the teeth. But for now, listen to those damn lyrics and how genius oh, this guy is. Is, is, is kicked in the teeth about the same girl that made you listen to fucking Guns N' Roses? No, actually, no. Actually, I gotta say that that one's a different one, you know. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that girl All put right. me through the ring. Let's All put right. this motherfucker over. Hey! If we're going by the eighth. Even my mother hates me. Uh, we're doing the Australian version. Then the first song on side two would be, oh my God, Ralph, take it away. This is Squealer. Squealer with uh, the awesome bass line from Mark Evans. Oh my God. Dun, 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 dun. It's it's just, oh, this song, so good. again, it's kind of like, it's Sleazy Bond. Like the Dirty Deeds Bond, you know, the, you know, the fuck, fuck whores and, you know, he meets this chick and, you know, she's a squealer and just the way he's like, and he sings so mellow and so mischievous, that fucking voice. Like, you know, even when Bond just talked normal, he still sounded like an alien. He has this like weird fucking tone to his voice and he's doing that. She said she's never been... Never been touched before. This guy, man, if you had a daughter, you'd fear this guy. Because, you know, he'd make her lick his ass. Oh, yeah. Fucking Bond was like the man. And, you know, and it's just everything about it. Ooh, when she, uh, when she hold, what is it? Kiss my lips, suck my fingertips. Hey. And again, uh, he does that little, hey. It's, you know, that's Bond saying like, Hey, it feels good getting my dick sucked by your daughter. <laughs> Gotta love this. And then, you know, after all this, like, sleaziness and mellowness, and then it builds up, and then it goes into what seemed like a three- or four-minute guitar solo of Angus just fucking ripping, ripping, ripping with 
Bond screaming in the background, squeal squeal Oh my god. Yeah, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe this is my favorite track off the album. I don't know, I'd have to think about that, but god damn, I love Squealer. Awesome, awesome tune. Uh, what do you think, Ian? Alright, this is where you really fucked me up on this. Uh, by making us do this in the Australian release, because I'm a fucking ugly American. I'm used to ugly American release, and this is, to me, where the album should fucking end. Because I love this. This is my favorite song on the fucking album. Oh my god, do I love this song. Squeela, when I held her hand. Squeela, I made her understand. No, oh my god. Everything about, you know, like, fixed a good I did. You know, you know, it's like, that is so, Like, he fucked the shit out of this yeah. fucking bitch. Oh my god. Uh, amazing. Top five all-time fucking ACDC tracks. Top five. Oh yeah. And I don't, I don't even know where it stands in that, but it is in the top fucking five. I truly believe this is the way to end the fucking album, but that's because of what I'm used to. But what we're doing, it starts off side two, but God damn it, uh, you know, you kangaroo fucking motherfuckers listen to this. This is how side two starts. And uh, God damn, what a great way. This is an incredible fucking song. Oh my god. I words can't even describe how perfect this fucking song is. But we go into the next song if we're going by the Australian soundtrack list. One of the songs that everybody loves. Even if you don't love fucking ACDs. I've never met one person that didn't love this song or didn't giggle when it fucking came on. And that is Big Balls. Holy shit. You want to... Here is the epitome of the shithouse poet. The double entendres on this are incredible. I mean, incre- I mean, it's really genius how he did this. I absolutely love this fucking song. I can't believe that it's only 2 minutes and 39 seconds. Because every time I hear it, it's like a small eternity that I never want to end. I absolutely love Big Balls. I know your mother loves some Big Balls. What do you think of Big Balls, Ralph? You know, it, this song is like, he's just talking about a ball, like a ballroom. That's all he's doing. But he do, he says it in his way, yes. Like you said, a double entendre way where he's talking about his smelly balls. And they're always bouncing to the left and to the right. And it's his belief that his big balls should be held every night, which he's talking kind of like his balls are like an orgy. You know what I mean? Like he's singing, I think about an orgy. Like I know, but it's beautiful. No, oh it's my be- God. no, no, no. It is to me the the greatest double entendre lyrics. Not only Bon Scott ever wrote, but anybody. I oh, can't yeah. I can't think yeah, of anybody that, that did a better job at double entendres than no, Bon Dave, Scott. David Lee Roth is jealous of this song. Trust yeah, yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> and me, so am I, dude. Everybody, everybody that writes lyrics that 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 understands the genius of Bon Scott would listen to this and go, "God, I wish I could have wrote that," you know? Because, and it's just so, you know, oh my balls, you know. Everybody says I got great balls of fire, which again is a little Richard nod. But um, 
one thing that you you know a lot of people don't know this, and you, I'm sure you don't even know this, uh, Ian. Uh, it's not on Wikipedia or anything, but do you know where Bon Scott got the inspiration for the Big Boss? Butter? Nope. Ready? Okay. These nuts. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> One for me. That's it. One to zero. One to zero, Ian. So far, this marks the number one. These nuts. I am winning one to zero from him. Okay. All right. Keep tabs. So um, that for your, is for your listeners at home. For your listeners at home, take notes. I am at the moment the these nuts champion. Ian needs to fucking catch up, but so far it's one to zero. And now we go into what, and I will admit to you here, Ian, I am not used to listen to Big Balls End and not hear the rocker come in blaring, but the Australian version doesn't have the rocker. The rocker doesn't come into this album. It's not on this album. No, it's not. So I will not speak about the rocker till the end of us reviewing this. What it goes into is a song called R.I.P., Rock and Peace, which uh, it's a very yeah, it's probably, it's probably you go ahead, you go ahead. I'm gonna take out Steven. All right, I'm just gonna say it is. Uh, I remember the first time I bought this box set, I was like, wow, you know. I mean, there's a lot of songs that are on these albums, like Soul Stealers on TNT, I think. Or, uh, there's a uh, you know that came out later on the Jailbreak EP, but then there's some songs that nobody's ever heard before, like stick around but now they've come out on these various box sets that come out but rock and peace eh, you know it's that's the one that you know I, oh wow it's a rare song with bon scott but at the same time it wasn't like it didn't really blow my mind but it is again pure rock and roll acdc and it's pretty much bon saying you know leave me the fuck alone and let me rock in peace and I guess it's his way of, you know, leave me alone like a dog on a bone. And da, 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 da. I, I was just listening to this today. And I, I, and you know what? I, I just, again, like everything Bon Scott does, I love the fucking lyrics to Rock and Peace. Um, it's very straightforward, almost fillerish. Uh, but I dig it. What do you think of Rock and Peace, Ian? Uh, almost fillerish? Total fucking fillerish. Yeah. Uh, this, this is probably. The worst Bon Scott ACDC song I ever heard. Uh, I'd have to... No, you know... Well, uh, as far as a release. Right, there, right, right, there, right, right. There's no, a no, couple no. unreleased tracks, like Touch Too Much. Ooh. Have you I heard that? Touch... No, oh, no, no. Not the Highway oh, to Hell version. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, no, uh, I haven't. Might not have heard it. But, but out of the fucking... Uh, yeah, this song does nothing for me. I'm I'm sorry, and that, and that pains me to say because I actually worship fucking Bon Scott and ACDC, but this song, uh, God, if this shit was on Rock or Bust, I would have made fun of it. I mean, it's just fucking, it's not a keep. I feel uh, I feel this song was kind of like, hey man, we need to fill up this album. And I thought, you know, but, you know, unlike you, I do like the song. I mean, I, I agree it's the worst song on the album. And it didn't blow my mind or anything, but it sounds like a rushed song. Let's go in there and just bash something out. And I still like it. I still, I, you know, what I like is the, the well, you know, what, what sells this song for me is the melody of the verses. That's it. 
All right, well, well, good for you. I'm glad you like it. Uh, let's go into one that nobody can deny. And holy fucking shit, I, I, I think this, you know, if you put songs in the fucking Smithsonian or whatever, this is one of the all-time all greatest songs ever, ever, ever fucking written, put down to tape, and that is right on. Holy fucking shit. Do I love this song? Uh, and it works on so many levels. There, there's times when I've listened to this song, you know, when I've been, you know, sad or melancholy, you know, or drunk, you know, lamenting on a fucking bad relationship where I'm like, oh, yeah, and listen to it. And then there's other songs I listen to it when I'm fucking happy as fuck and just buzzing, having a good time. And all I can think about is the smile on Bon Scott's face. You know, you know, I, I sometimes this song makes me happy, sometimes it makes me blue, but I always, always enjoy this amazing song. It was the only Bon Scott song on uh, Who Made Who, the soundtrack to uh, Maximum Overdrive. Uh, but I, I don't know if enough can be said about this song. It is just so fucking amazing that it, to, in my mind it should be right up there with Stairway to Heaven and shit like that you know songs that people hold in such high esteem uh, it's 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 amazing it's amazing incredible fucking song uh, that I feel moved every time I listen to it uh, whether it be joy or, or you know sorrow regret or you know just to reminisce Right on is absolutely incredible. Ralph, I know you got something good to say about it. Yeah, this song, I gotta say, man, uh, I would have to probably say it is his best lyrics ever. Uh, right on is it, it, it's just human. It's a song about being human, having, uh, you know, having your faults. You know, Bond didn't wasn't afraid to show his faults even in his song. You know, broke another promise. I broke another heart. You know, and and you know, I I have been very depressed, drunk listening to the song on purpose, because when I get depressed and drunk, which is not that many that much, because I'm 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 one happy motherfucker with all I've got. But hey, man, I'm human, man, and I've been burned by chicks, and I've been depressed by chicks. It's been a few years, but like that Guns N' Roses chick. <laughs> oh, I but, hate that. But oh, I I will punch her right now. Fucking puss. Dude, if I show you a picture of her, you'd be like, well, first I'd like to fuck her. <laughs> you know, because she was hot. But anyway, um, uh, what do you call, uh, but yeah, she was one of the girls that I got drunk and listened to Bon. And you know what, man? It, and another thing is that listening to this song while you're depressed and drunk, it almost feels like Bon is right next to you saying, dude, it's going to be all right, man. Just ride yeah. on. Oh, Just he, ride he, on. He's got, he got, he's got his arm around you. Yeah, it's like you're at a bar and he's sitting in the stool next to you. And, and I, 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 re I really do feel that there's a, there's a camaraderie. There's a, you know, it's just like, it happens, brother. It happens, and you know what? No matter what music's gonna be here, you're gonna be here. And Bond is gonna be here, right? And and, and no matter what, we're gonna ride on. And I love that. Yeah, it's I'll, like, dude, no matter how bad it is, yeah, you must push forward. You must ride it, on. It, it, it's so it's so comforting 
and so beautiful and so human. Everybody feels this. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't even necessarily have to be about a man or a woman or or so? It could just be life or something. Yeah. You know, you know that beats you down. Looking but, for a truck with thumb in the air. You know, it, right. This right. song, man. If this song doesn't make you cry, you're not human. And yeah, I, no, no. I, it, it, it makes me, it makes me cry. I have cried to this song. I don't give a fuck. Okay, call me a pussy, whatever. I'm more human than you'll ever be. Because if you can't cry to something like this and just being human and and embracing your depression, then you, you, you're you're gonna eat yourself alive. You gotta let shit out. And Bon Scott. Really, I mean, that's another reason why I love this guy, man. All his songs are about fucking and this and that. And then he throws you this, which is like the most human I've ever heard from anybody. More human than Bob Dylan. More human than... I'm going to quote Bob Dylan for a second. Just to show you that I don't hate Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, too. He has a song. I don't know if you ever heard this song. It's called To Feel Your Love by Bob Dylan. Yes. There's there's a song there's a line in that song that to me it it, it it shows you what a genius the guy is. He goes, "I'll go hungry, I'll go black and blue, I'll go crawling down the avenue, just to feel your love." That to me is genius. Crawling down the avenue, you know, I'll go hungry, I'll go black. That to me is what Bond is doing on Right On, even better. Even better yeah. than those genius lyrics Bob Dylan said. Well, well, because it speaks to you on like a more of like, like a lot of Dylan, and I love Dylan. It's more metaphorical, you know. It, it's like, I mean, I mean, it is beautiful poetry, but like I said, Bon Scott is my favorite shit house poet. And I, you and don't, you, you, you can have a grade school education and still understand what Bon Scott is is saying to you. But you know another thing. I think Bon Scott could re- write lyrics like Bob Dylan. I think he could. Well, well yeah. No, it, but I don't think Bob can do Bon Scott. You know what? I I absolutely agree with you there. And I I, I love I love Bob Dylan. But but I agree with you right there. I don't I don't think he could he could do that. You're no, absolutely right. Because Bob uh, Bon Scott was just so in touch with you know being this 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 human. You know it's like. I'm a scumbag, I'll fuck your daughter, I'll drink you under the fucking table, but I hurt too, man. And you know what, I'm leaving town, thumb in the air, and look, I fucked over this chick, and and then he even says, you know, when a woman gets me down. I mean, that, that's yeah. wearing... Yeah, oh, man, we, and the wearing, way he says yeah, it. Wearing your heart on your sleeve, and that's why I admire this guy so much, and that's why I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. If I feel hurt, I'm gonna say it. I don't give a fuck. You know, if that, I... Oh, that, that's the thing, like, our listeners, our listeners all look up to fucking Dr. Fuck. They all look up to him. Yeah, and, and you should look up to Bond instead of me, because if it weren't for Bond, I wouldn't be this way. And I honestly do mean that. Bond Scott is my hero. But but what, what I'm saying, though, is all our listeners look up to you. You are a role model. <laughs> I don't but know even, about that. Even you were so heartbroken. That you fucking identified with fucking Chinese democracy. So what? I knew, the I knew, fuck I knew, I knew this. I knew this couldn't be a complete compliment. <laughs> no, but what I'm what I'm saying is, though, you are fucking hard as a coffin nail, as John Bush eloquently said. Uh, but you know, shit happens. Life happens. Doesn't always have to be a woman, or you know. But uh, you know, life can beat you down. 
and you know what? If you can listen to a song, and you and it makes you feel okay, it makes you feel like, oh, I'm not the only one. That is the greatest thing about music in the fucking world that you don't feel alone. That's that that it can be a guitar lick, it can be a a lyric, anything that makes you feel like you're not alone on this fucking planet is incredible. Yeah. And 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 this is a perfect fucking example. Absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, and, yeah. And, and 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 then something we haven't brought up, Angus, on this fucking song. His, his guitar playing is like, it's beautiful. It's 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 almost yeah. like his guitar's crying. And how young song. how young was he when this was recorded? No pun intended. No, he's always. But been I mean, young. I mean, I mean, very young. He's very. Always, young. He's always been young. He's Angus Young. But uh. The, the just the, the the emotion and you know the little just the whole band they're just so so soft and the little rhythm guitar Malcolm and the bass and the little drums and keeping it all mellow is not a trait of ACDC yet they do it so flawlessly perfect like your greatest blues bands they can they can do it just as good as anybody. Well, well, see, this is a prime example, and I wish more bands would listen up to this. Uh, I'm talking to you, fucking Steven Tyler and Aerosmith. If you cannot do a ballad that is this fucking awesome, don't do a fucking ballad. Okay, Dream On is fucking amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, Seasons of Wither. Home Home Tonight. Home Tonight amazing you know uh, it's on the borderline but kings and queens amazing but don't do a ballad unless it's 100% from the heart you know do a ballad because you have to not because you want a fucking single but because this is something so heartfelt that you have to get out of your system that it means that much and and too many bands just throw one out there because we you know we gotta have one you know, or in Aerosmith's case, we have to have five. You know, this was ACDC, uh, a, a rare ballad, and, but, but that's what makes it so poignant and so perfect is that it was so real, it had to be made. I love it. Yep, fucking amazing. And, uh, which, and, and you know, also we got to say the Let There Be Rock movie, right when it ends, it stops with a still of... You know, Bon Scott, the, the movie stops and he's standing still and says, ride on, you know, at the very end of the movie, which makes me teary-eyed every time I see it, you know, because, you know, it's so sad that we lost this guy, you know, right at the, right there, you know, Highway to Hell just hit big and they were like right there poised to become these superstars, like, you know, so many bands I can say, they were, they, they were right on that, like, fucking diving board right to, to right. dive into like success that was ACDC Highway to Hell put them right there you know after all that hard work they were right there man Bon Scott was about to go in the studio the next week to start Back in Black and there's no doubt in my mind Back in Black would have sold just as much with Bon Scott I, and, I, I honestly I think it would have been better and, and, oh, well, of course it would have been better, but I mean, that's why I will never do a perfect fucking podcast episode because I'm scared, like, once I do that, that's when I'm going to fucking die. 
you know. So I, I just do a bunch of half-ass <laughs> not true. I, I think we've done a half hour on Ride On. We have to go on since we're doing your Australian version. The last song is the Jam, oh yeah, I love this one too. And they Go made it. a video for it, which is mind blowing. Go into it, Ralph. Well, Jailbreak, as all uh, you, you old school Americans know, was released in I believe '84, '85. The EP, '84 in the U.S. Yes. Okay, '84. The e- they released the CP because hey, after all, it's like wow, look how good Dirty Dibs these did. Let's throw out right. a couple more unreleased tracks. Yeah, yeah. Those, and, and they also said, look how shitty fucking. Uh, uh, Flick of the Switch did. Well, yeah, that was after Flick of the Switch, right? Right. Well, what I'm saying, though, is they yeah. were capitalizing like, hey, Back in Black did great. Hey, for those about to rock did good. Hey, Flick of the Switch did. Uh, hey, people like that Dirty Deeds thing. Let's give them some more Bon Scott. And 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 a great EP with, you know. And, uh, oh, my God. I, you I, don't I, have a hold on me? Come on. Oh, Soul Stealer. Show Business. Anyway, oh, and but baby, and then the title go. track, yeah, baby, please don't go. And the title track, which pretty much they just took songs off the Australian version that didn't make it on the American. With version. a bullet in his and the video, and actually, for you people who want to take notes, there's actually two versions of this video: one outdoors and one indoors. Um, yes, and I, I read this was. Uh, uh, from Bon Scott's experience of being in jail, he was uh, fantasizing of breaking out after he punched out a cop in a ballroom brawl and landed him in jail. And he wrote this song in jail. That's what I heard. Um, and uh, fucking, and that's the video, man, where his teeth are missing and they're all on top of a rock quarry and they're breaking rocks for the chain gang, just like the lyric says. I'm breaking out and heading home again. It's a fantasy type lyric, but it really makes a lot of sense. It gives you that vibe. And another thing we have not discussed on this What's whole that? episode, which is, dude, Van Halen is known for the greatest harmony. ACDC has the dirtiest fucking harmony. They're, they sound like little demons, like, jailbreak, dirty days, and the shape. You know, that, that type of fucking... It's so fucking real. I want to punch you, Ian. Okay. <laughs> Come over here. All right, bye. I get a little too, man. I don't know, man. Maybe, hopefully, I can walk outside and find a baby so I can punch it in the back of the head. Why do you want to punch me? <laughs> I want to I punch just, somebody, goddammit. That's the obvious. Jailbreak. Because I'm a problem child. Hey! You know what I want to do? I want... When this show gets, like even bigger than it is now and it's doing pretty fucking awesome I say we go to goddamn fucking Australia I want to go to that Bon Scott Memorial where I don't know if you saw this a guy in a thrasher die shirt stood in front of the Bon Scott statue oh that's hot I have it I have it but I'd say we go there and we beat the fuck out of a kangaroo or a wallaby or whatever the fuck they got kangaroos can box though yeah, I know. Well, you go first. No, I how about say, you do and I film it? It'll be good for the show. Okay, I'll do. I'll do it. I want. I want to go to fucking Australia, hang out with some Australians because Australians are some bad motherfuckers. We're. I'm gonna get fucked up on some goddamn pastas, and 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 then I'll fight on the Barbie. Ah, and I'll fight a fucking kangaroo. Let's do this shit. 
Hell you yeah. Know, I, I love animals. I love animals. Maybe I'll fight an aborigine. I don't okay. know. What do you think of Jailbreak? Oh my god, Jailbreak. Holy fucking shit. One of the greatest ACDs songs of all time. Definitely in the fucking top ten. Absolutely fucking amazing. I mean, holy shit. I can't believe, like, when they did, like, okay, they're doing the U.S. version or their international version, they didn't put this on the album? Like, are you fucking kidding me? This song is fucking perfection. Yep. Absolutely. One of the best of all time. Maybe, best. They, maybe they were thinking of, you know, this song is so good, we should release it later as a, you know, a title track on something. Because it's that good. Maybe they didn't know. want. Maybe they didn't just want to throw it in, and like you know, for for it to be a track on Dirty Deeds, I can understand that to make it a, because it's so good. Yeah. I don't know, but there is one song we have to talk about. We haven't talked about. Well, actually, two, right? No, two. What? Okay. What? Well, there's different sequences, but no, there's two. What? Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll mention the second one. Go ahead. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm drunk, but uh, the one I have to mention is, I'm a rocker, I'm a roller, I'm a ride out of a controller, I'm a wheeler, I'm a dealer, I'm a wicked woman stealer. Oh, my God. Rocker, dude. Holy fucking shit. A tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I love this fucking song. Fuck yeah. <laughs> And tattoos. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> Blue suede shoes, beating cars, and tattoos. <laughs> Genius. And, and this is exactly why I prefer the international version or the American version, whatever you want to fucking call it. But this is this is how it was raised on this album. Uh, and uh, it was it was hard to do this this review with a different track listing because. Man, this is what I fucking grew up on. But uh, they're all good songs. But Rocker, holy fucking shit. I love that fucking track. What you think, Ralph? Oh, yeah. First time I heard it, actually, was before the song came out. It's on the Let There, uh, If You Want Blood album, which I, which actually was technically the first one I heard. Oh, um, I, I love one of my favorite live albums of all time. I don't think I owned it, though. But my friend owned it. And I remember when I went to his house and heard it. This sounds crazy, but I heard I was like, I don't like this guy's voice. I wasn't used what? to it. Yeah, man. I was, I was like shocked. I was like, because you think about it, man. I mean, I was a young kid, and nobody, nobody sounded like him. He sounded like a freaking alien. But yeah, now it's like, God, he's one of my favorite singers ever. You know, I mean, I was wrong. Just like I was the first time I heard Van Halen's Fair Warning, I hated it. You know? Yeah, that's fucked up. So, but... Uh, yes, I'm a rocker. I heard on the live version. So then when I heard uh, the Dirty Deeds version, I was like, oh, I know this song. So it wasn't like something I discovered. Uh, I already knew it. But yeah, it's a, it's a great song. And it it sounds way better after Big Balls than Rock and Peace. It, I mean, every time Big Balls ends, I, I expect to hear this. Just like I expect to hear the Australian version of Dirty Deeds now, you know. So, uh, but I love it. But the song that you forgot about, Ian... Which I don't think is on any of their albums. I don't know where the fuck... Ooh, I I think I know what you're talking about. I don't think they pulled this... Because this is on none of the Australian albums. Love at First Feel. Oh, shit. We did did skip that. Oh, shit. That's not on the Australian version. 
Yes. Oh and, my god. And it's a yeah. song. It's a song that's on no ACDC album from yeah, Australia. You, yeah, you. Fuck, I love that song. I don't know where the fuck they got this song from, but this song is amazing. I love again another. It's a great follow up to Dirty Deeds if you think about it. Oh hell yeah! No, no. it's kind of like Dirty Deeds Part Two, and well, it comes. You, it comes you asked on, me. Yeah. The American version is perfect. I would change the yeah, American yeah. version. Because the, the like right after Dirty Deeds comes this song in the American version, and it's pretty. <laughs> awesome. da, 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 da. Tell me, da, she was da, disgusting. Da, 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 da. But oh, a touch man. was too much. <laughs> feels look feels good like I knew it would. You know, it's so and then that solo like blah, 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 blah. God damn, that's again one of my favorite tracks. And to think this is song this is a song that was never released is pretty fucking mind blowing. You know, like you're gonna put rock and peace out and not this. It, it makes no sense. This song is amazing. It's one oh, of the awesome. one of my favorite songs on this album. Uh awesome. And that brings an end to uh, our review. I mean, there's no more as I look at this. If you look, uh, Ian, at my CD, I put the little... Yeah, I uh, saw that. I put that little thing that came on the original album that was on the plastic. It says, you know, all selections recorded in 1976 by Bon Scott, Angus Young, Malcolm Young, Mark Evans, and Phil Wright. What a great album, yes. You know, it's not... I don't think a lot of people... It's mind-blowing. It's sold more than all the other Bond albums except for I Would Hell. Yet, uh, not, not, not to me. Not to me. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. A lot of people don't... But, yeah, that's why I want to do this for you because I, I don't think a lot of people talk about Dirty Deeds. Um, <coughs> well, I, I think it's one of those because there is so many mangled versions of it. Uh, along with High Voltage... Uh, you know, this and Dirty Deeds, you know, have the most, like, hey, what track listing are you talking about and shit? Uh, Even Power Age, actually. But it, it was, it was released September 20th, 1976, uh, in Australia. Uh, internationally, it was released a year later. In America, it came out March 27th, 1981. In Australia, it was their third album, right? Yes, uh, second or third. I don't know, I'm fucking drunk. Yeah, the first album was TNT, then High Voltage. No, no, the first album I think was High Voltage. Then TNT, then Dirty Deeds. I own yeah. TNT on vinyl, the Australian. But, uh, yeah, so whatever. Uh, I'm trying to read my fucking handwriting right now. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, oh, here's an interesting fact. There was a song recorded for this album that has never been released called I'm a Rebel. Oh, oh, oh. I, yes, I think I heard yes, this. Yes, but I'm a Rebel was re-recorded by oh, the German Crocus. band. Crocus, except, right? Except, except, you're right, you're right. As a, as a matter of fact, it was the title of their second album. You're right, I forgot and, about that. And they, they did a version of this... Uh, Wolf Hoffman has said uh, that they think ACDC did it better, but they believe so much at the time of their version not only was it the first single, but they, they titled the album off of that. The reason ACDC didn't release it is Bon Scott was so fucking shithouse drunk, much like I am during our reviews, uh, that they're like, no. Yeah, no, nah, this isn't, you're, you're too fucked up. So they did nothing with it. 
Uh, it was not it's... recorded? It was recorded, but never released. Even on the backtracks and Bonfire and all that shit, ACDC wow. has never released a version of this. But somehow, except got wind of it, and and they uh, they they did a version of it. But like I said, Wolf Hoffman says not as good as what ACDC did. So we can't YouTube it. As far as I know, no. Wow, but, I'm uh, dying to hear it. But I'm a rebel. Hey, you you can totally Google fucking accepts version of it. Uh, like I said, it was the title of their second record. It was their first single. And Udo also did another version of it with the Udo band. Uh, I can't remember what album it was. It came out like in 97. He did a new recording of it. Uh, but offhand, I can't tell you if one's better than the other. But that is fucking ACDC's Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Like I said, the third best-selling album they've ever did in the U.S. Six times fucking platinum. Absolutely amazing. And uh, let's go on to fucking pick of the week. All right. You go for it. Oh, are you, are you looking now? This lazy motherfucker. Okay, I got one. All right. I got All one. Right. You want me to go first I, for the first time right. ever? Yeah, for the first time ever, Ralph. You go first. All right, since you brought up Accept, so I didn't even have to look over there. I want to say the first time they did with their newer singer, Mark, what's his name again from TT Quick? Uh, Mark, uh, uh, Torque or something like that. Whatever. Uh, it's just it's the guy rules. And the album is called Blood of the Nations. Great album. Amazing. Amazing, flawless, every song rules album. Um, yeah, man. Mark Tornillo. Mark Tornillo, yes. Uh, who was also in a band called TT Crick, uh, album yes. called Medal of Honor, which was, I think, believe their first album, which is. Yes, great uh, album. Look, look, two for one this week. I recommend that one too. But Blood of the Nations, except that, whatever year that was, what was it, 2010 or 11? Whatever year it came out, that to me was album of the year. Comeback album of the year. Oh, amazing. It was like, you know, one of those rare albums where you change the singer and you still make quality. And believe me, like with Udo, I wasn't a big fan of uh, their later albums with Udo, to tell you the truth. Uh, one was pretty good, something metal. I forgot the name of that one, but it was good. But Blood of the Nations is an amazing, one of my favorite albums that I still play regularly. Real good album, real good album. I still play it all the time. I think it's a fucking amazing album. That's my pick of the week. Awesome, man. And, and kudos to you for going first. My man, even though you got it from what I said. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, my pick of the week is a band I absolutely love that uh, unfairly I think gets overlooked, and that is Monster Magnet. And I absolutely love Monster Magnet. If you love like stoner, trippy, psychedelic rock, this is their first album. It's called Spine of God. Amazing, amazing stoner rock album. Oh my god. Pill Shovel, Medicine, Nod Scene. Uh, the title track, Spine of God. And Ozium. Oh my god. The version of Ozium is absolutely amazing. If you like, you know, slow, grungy, stoner rock, check out Monster Magnet, Spine of God. That is my pick of the week. 
So, uh, how about Fan of the Week? All right, we got to go to Fan of the Week. And this is one, Ralph, I'm interested to see if you know this guy. Because by his name, I look up to see where he was from. I thought he was from another country. But he is from Miami, Florida. Hmm. And his name is Cor... Uh, I, I, this, this is going to be hard. Corsair, Corsero Negro? Uh, I don't know. Corsano Negro. He's from Miami, Florida. Uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, brother. But, uh, man, he's a new fan of the podcast, but he's been sharing our link like crazy, and he's really been trying to spread the word. And that's, I mean, that's all about Fan of the Week, man. He's really trying to help us out by telling other people about the show. And uh, the last, you know, like three or four weeks, he's joined the the Facebook page hasn't posted as much but what I really love is how much he shares the links to the shows and uh, man it's what's all about is spreading the word and absolutely awesome Cor- Corsanero Negro I'm sorry I'm so so sorry brother I know I got the Negro part right but the first name I'm off on but anyway brother you are the fan of the week uh, and we thank you very much as always Check us out on iTunes. If you can, please leave us an iTunes review. Leave a five-star rating. Uh, if you're on an Android device, check out Podcast Addict. Uh, go on the YouTube page, which hopefully by the time you hear this is unsuspended. Thanks to fucking that asshole fucking Terrence. Got us suspended for six months. Uh, let's see what if. ThatMetalStation.com Holy shit, how can we not mention ThatMetalStation.com Which airs us every Sunday At 11am Eastern And Thursdays At 3pm Eastern Check your local listings And stations and dimes and all that shit But oh my god, are they amazing Scott Green, you are incredible You do a great job with that website They have news, they have metal They have everything Um if you're on an Android device, get the TuneIn Radio app. It's a total free app. You type in that metal station. You can listen to it on your phone, do whatever. It's absolutely amazing. But, uh, hey, we got some time left. Let's get into some fucking music. I want to hear some tunes. Uh, let's play some Ace Fraley. All right? Not Freely. I always call him Ace Freely. People always correct me, but I keep calling him Ace Freely. It's Fraley, Ace Fraley. So, you know, enjoy me saying Fraley because I'm going back to Fraley whenever the fuck I feel like it. When I met him, I asked him, I I said, what does Peter Chris dick taste like? He said, ah, chicken, Carl. (laughs) That's a true story. Okay, we're going to go to his 1987 debut album with Fraley's Comet. Oh, God, please. Please don't play Dows. No. Close. It's close to, I think oh, it's God. either the song before that or after. I love this one. I feel like it's an underrated song. Not a lot of people talk about when they bring up Ace Frehley's uh, solo career. I love the solo on this song, and I think this song is heavy as fuck. I love it. This is called Stranger in a Strange Land.
my favorite part of the song when he says that anyway that was ace freely or has everybody correctly calls him ace freely with stranger in a strange land off his 1987 album freely's comet which the band was called freely's comet right it wasn't called ace freely anyway so uh, enough enough of uh enough of god ace's god um what do you got ian it's it's so funny the way our brains do or don't work. Um, 
because my next pick has a connection to Fraley's Comet, uh, because Todd Howarth in the 80s played keyboards for the band I'm picking next, and that is the incredible fucking cheap trick. Hell yeah. And this this song comes off of a very, you know, it, it's, a, it's a forgotten album. I think it's a great album. This is off of 1980s All Shook Up, one of my all-time favorite Cheap Trick songs. This is Can't Stop It, But I'm Gonna Try. That was my favorite singer of all time, 
Robin Xander and Cheap Trick with uh, Can't Stop It, but I'm going to try. Hey, Ian, did you ever see the uh, version of them playing that song on Saturday Night Live? Uh, you know what? I just recently downloaded it. Or no, actually, I think I just bought it on DVD using our Amazon link, but I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. Wait, wait, what DVD? Uh, what season was that on? I think that was on the fifth season of Saturday Night Live. Man, I, I gotta get that. So they released that on DVD, huh? Only the first five... And, and this one's... I'm a huge Saturday Night Live fan. Uh, they released, of the classic line, the first five seasons uh, are on DVD with you know, totally uncut with all of the musical numbers, everything intact. And from what I've heard, they're not gonna do any more full seasons because it costs so much to pay the musical bands. Okay, well, uh, all right. I own everything that with the original. Uh, yeah. even, even, like, after Chevy Chase left, I have, like, the Bill Well, Murray. Chevy Chase only did the first season. Okay. He's only on the first season. Uh, I have... Uh, yeah, I, have, I think I have it all the way up to 1979. I didn't realize it yeah, didn't. Well, and well, it, well, well, the fifth season was 79-80. Well, and I, I okay, then I have it. Yeah. Yeah, but, I need to watch No, it. no, 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 but wait, wait, no, no, no. Because this, when they played, when Cheap Trick was on there, it was no longer Dan Aykroyd, none of those guys. It was already right. Eddie Murphy. And, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. And, Karen, and not Karen Black was the host of that show. Okay. And okay. they do Baby Loves to Rock and Can't Stop It, but I'm going to try it. And let me tell you, I have nothing against Can't Stop It, but I'm going to try it on the Ultra Cup album. Because I feel that album's perfect. It, to me, it's the last amazing, you know, of the string of albums they did no wrong. Right there is where it stopped. And then they did a bunch of albums I didn't like, and then they came back with a couple good ones. But I love the Saturday Night Live version even more. Really? Yeah, it, it, there's, a, there's a pause, and it's it's a little different. But it's it, I like it even more. And Robin Zander is playing keyboards. He's standing in really? front of a keyboard. Oh, wow. Uh, playing the song. That Amazing. is a great fucking song. Great song. I love, love, love that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to dig in really deep. Right. I mean, so deep. And you want to talk about a band that really influenced Cheap Trick and influenced just a lot of great bands is The Who. The Who? The Who. Okay. The, the Who. Who. Um, who? The Who. Uh, they're our first. Is that the guy that does uh, the theme song for fucking CSI? No, I don't know. I don't watch CSI. I don't know. I don't watch TV, man. Uh, All right. Anyway, so like that show with your mother. It's called STD. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fuck you. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, 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 I'll get it like by Sunday or something. Anyway, so this is my all-time favorite Who song. <laughs> if you fuck your mother, you will. <laughs> Get it? STD? Oh, tough crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> try, try the veal. <laughs> be, hello? Is this thing on? Is this thing on? All right. Yeah, you know, I, I'm getting t- I'm getting sick of mother jokes. <laughs> I think uh, I think we jumped that shark already. Oh, uh, no, no. There's still plenty to go. Uh, we'll see. Anyway, so uh, this is from the band The Who, and uh, this is my favorite Who song, and it's not really a popular one. And, you know, I, I pride on our DJing 
to be songs you don't hear on the radio. And here's a Who song that I never, ever heard on the radio, and it just kicks so much ass. This is called The Seeker. That was The Who with The Seeker. Amazing song. Rush, Love that song. Rush did a great cover of it. An amazing cover. That They played it live when I saw them on the Rush 30 tour. And so, it was amazing. Yes, I was there as well. I saw the West Palm Beach show where they played that song. And uh, called Flashbacks, correct? Yeah, yeah. I li- I love that album. Actually, I, I listened to it recently. I wasn't really that into it. But I, you know, I actually liked it the, the, when I heard it the other day. 
All right, I got one, and this comes from a year later, from 1985. We're going to play you the original version, not that remastered, doctored up bullshit. This is a band I love to rag because they're a Christian rock band now, but this is when they were a hardcore thrash band. This is Megadeth with Skull Beneath the Skin. Oh, very nice.
That was Megadeth with Skull Beneath the Skin, and what you just heard there was off my original combat version CD that's really hard to get now that has these boots that uh, that is now censored or, or just completely taken off the album because the guy that wrote these boots did not like Dave Mustaine's version where he kind of like said bitch and nail you on the bed and all these crazy things he changed the lyrics around guy was pissed they had to take it off the cd but before that happened i bought not only on vinyl but stupid enough to give away that vinyl all right well we hope you enjoyed this fucking episode on acdc and if you think this was awesome wait till next week what's going on next week oh my god our special guest host is the bandit himself, Burt Reynolds. What? Jo- Burt Reynolds joins us on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, where we talk about Exodus, Pleasures of the Flesh. Wow. Yeah. I, I want to hear what he has to say about that next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.